Have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast? Sorry, that's a dumb question. Of course you wanted to start your own podcast. Podcasting's amazing. Head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GAMEPINIONS. And then you, that's right, you listening to this right now, you can have a free month of podcast hosting service. And also, if you take that promo code, you can also get a free month of stats so you can keep track of that podcast that you're working so hard on. Blueberry is incredible, and the features are simply amazing. I don't have time to talk about them, though, because I have to start my own show. So after this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you head on over to Blueberry.com, look up what it is all about, use promo code Game Pinions, and get started on an adventure of a lifetime. Welcome to Game Opinions, episode 36. I'm your host, Calvin, and today I'm joined by the one, the only, Kim Kim. Hi. Hello, Kim Kim. Hello. And now we're also joined by the guy with an extreme addiction to jello chocolate pudding, John. I could just throw something in there. If any of you want to buy a baseball game on the Switch, please do yourself a favor. Do not buy Barbie. <laughs> uh, I can vouch for that. That game is terrible. Um, so, I brought you all here today because we have a lot of topics to talk about. And usually we start this thing off with us talking about the games that we've played throughout the week or however long it is between episodes. Recently, it's been a week, which is great. But we're not going to do that today. Because we have a lot of stuff to talk about, and we we just kind of need to dive in. So, are you guys all buckled in and ready to go? Not buckled, but I'm ready. Buckle your seatbelts. This is gonna be a wild one. <laughs> <laughs> More like I'm not gonna say. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. So, there's been a lot of news this week. And we're going to just hop into the uh, the first bit of it here. And it is Nintendo. And they had a Nintendo Direct this week. It was more or less a Pokemon Direct. I mean, it literally was a Pokemon Direct. Um, and they revealed a Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass. And for what, I'm, what I think I wrote this down correctly, for $45... Um, your adventure continues with the Pokemon Sword Expansion Pass, containing new stories to experience, new Pokemon to encounter, and wild areas to explore. You'll even meet new and returning legendary Pokemon along the way. The Expansion Pass contains two expansions, releasing in Winter 2020 and Spring of 2020, respectively. Gotta throw in respectively. The following DLC is included. The Isle of Armor, uh, scheduled to release... <clears throat> by 30 oh man they they jacked up the the dates for this um all right Wait, so basically the, so we're already talking about expansions i mean how fast is it to get through that game uh well it's is you know from what i've gathered it's pretty it's a pretty easy game so oh yeah i think your sister said she got through it pretty yeah. quickly yeah she said she just kind of like it's kind of ridiculous it. they just want money for expansions i feel kind of cheated then i know um 
But so basically, uh, the Isle of Armor is scheduled to release by um, June 30th of 2020. Okay. Uh, the Crown Tundra scheduled to release by November 30th of 2020. I don't know why they had to include that again, but they needed to. And we so this read it. year, basically, like end of year. Yes. Kind of more towards mid to end. Maybe. I mean, that's our... correct. <laughs> um, so purchase benefits. When you purchase the Pokemon Sword expansion pass, you will receive a Pikachu uniform mm. and an Eevee uniform as purchase as purchase bonuses. Uh, when you purchase the Pokemon Shield expansion pass, you will receive an email to the address registered on your Nintendo account containing a serial code. Select mystery gift and get with code password from the in-game menu and enter the serial code, Mr. Gifts. Mr. Gifts will be displayed in the menus when you visit the first Pokemon Center in the game. Uh, approximate play time one hour. I don't know what that's supposed I'm to mean. I'm so confused. So it's like, hey, if you get this for this, you're going to get a uniform. <laughs> if not, you're going to get an email. I don't understand what they're trying. I guess you get some sort of in-game mystery gift, but at the same time, that doesn't make any sense because, like, uh... How is that supposed to? How is that supposed to bait me in? I honestly do not even understand what they are even talking about because it, it just seems like so weird. It's like you're gonna get these, you know, cute in-game uh, things you can wear for Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. It's like log on to your computer, <laughs> open your email, remember your password, <laughs> get the serial code. thing to do, right? Just make things as convoluted as possible. I- yeah, but it's like, why does why does it have to be with just shield? Like, I mean, why couldn't sword do that too? I know. Do we not get a shirt with the other why one? Why is it then? so I, drastically different? I'm so confused. It's uh, it's very strange. And it's like they're trying to add those on because they know these expansions obviously look like a money grab. FYI. Yeah. So I went ahead and I looked up just to see what people are talking about. If people are upset with this, people are you know you know happy with it. So this is at Raigai 101. The Pokemon Sword and Shield expansions feel like a much better idea than a third version of the game, which is what Pokemon typically does. Uh, at, th- at this point, games will be costing $60 a piece for both versions, so I'd rather they expand on the base product through expansions rather than try to force us to buy another game. Good point. Yeah, but how much are the expansions? I think the expansions, I think it's $30 for both of them combined. Okay, so 15 per. Which I think that's for the pass. I don't know if you can buy them individually or not. I didn't really dig that far. <laughs> so. Wow. Um, so this this next tweet was from uh, at real uh, turnip lord. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so Game Freak didn't spend all their time modeling new Pokemon and ignoring the original generations. They intentionally left them out of the game so you can buy the DLC expansions in order to catch them. I wonder if fans are happy with that. Oh my gosh, wait. They're just telling me that they put the originals in the expansion. It's not like a new set. Um, they in I think that there are some originals in there. I'm not really sure. If they what did that, to, that was a really cheap move of them to do. It's yeah, I mean That should have been the new Pokemon in the expansion. Well that's the thing though, because the original Pokemon were already we're pretty much already set up for Switch because we just had the Let's Go series. So they're already, you know, set up to go. Um, it was just a, I don't know. I mean, I, I would assume they were all ready to go. So I don't really know how many of the originals are actually going to be in this, though. So I'm still kind of, you know, I'm still kind of just like on the surface here. So there might be, you know, 
additional things that I don't know, but, um, that's, that's pretty much all, all I know about that. Um, but I guess a bigger piece of news for a lot of Pokemon fans though, however, was that Pokemon mystery dungeon rescue team DX, not XD, unfortunately. So it's a sad face, <laughs> uh, remake of the 2006 red rescue team. and Blue rescue team is coming to switch on March 6th. And there's a demo available right now in the eShop. Um, that series is one of TJ's favorites. So I'm sure he was pretty happy about it. Um, it's, Basically, if you've never played it, it's a game where you play as a Pokemon, but I think you're a human and you're trying to turn back. I forget. It's, it's, it's kind of like crazy the Detective thing. Pikachu thing. Like you're a Pokemon and then I guess you're trying to become human or solve solve a mystery, I suppose. I mean. Well, it's basically. Spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, but but basically Sorry. it's, it's kind of like a, you know, RPG a uh, little bit more difficult than the traditional Pokemon games, and it's kind of like I guess I'd consider it a dungeon crawler. Um, I'm still waiting for Pokemon Snaps. Oh, Give God. me my camera back. <laughs> Pokemon Snap will never be a thing. That was better again. than still taking selfies today. No Pokemon. Yeah, snaps. no. I would play that game for hours. I just want to take cute pictures of Pokemon. That's all I want to do. But you can do that with the screenshot button. No. Um, so <laughs> we went ahead and grabbed some tweets for that too. Um, this is at Matt Yukana, perhaps. Uh, some days you wake up feeling like your life just isn't worth living. You begin to lose all hope. Wonder why you're even still alive after all these years. But then you remember that Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX, not XD, uh, releases on March 6th, 2020. And suddenly, it's all okay. That was really deep. So was that, that guy like is obviously, a tweet or two tweets? I mean, that was one. Wow, that was one solid tweet about a game that Matt is very excited about. This guy can make a tweet seem like a book. Very yes. impressive. And then Maddox Otter said, "Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is my childhood. The news that there is going to be remakes on the Switch has me crying for like an hour." Oh, sorry. Has had me crying for like an hour. Uh, I couldn't be more happy about this. Can't wait to play Skitty again. Can't if I... Wait, even if I can't, that's fine. Mystery Dungeon. Ah, okay. So this was obviously received really well. And it's a really interesting style they kind of took on. Because it's kind of like a water painting-like look. which So is we're a, playing basically in a picture. It kind of looks like it. Like it's it's oh, changed sorry, a painting. lot. Yeah, it changed a lot since it was on the <laughs> original DS. So they did a really good job, re- like I guess recreating it. Um, so it's it's pretty neat. It's neat that they decided to go ahead and bring that back. Um, so now we have the the next one was that Super Smash Brothers DLC character was revealed today, um, and it is I don't even know how to pronounce the name honestly. Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, I've never played the game. John, do you know anything about this? Uh, from Three Houses? No, I have not played Three Houses. It's from Three Houses. That's all I know. I don't know. I think people were kind of disappointed about it because it's like, do we really need another <laughs> fire? It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Fire Emblem characters are cool and all, but it's like, you know, every time they release one, it's like, yeah. here, you can have two and one. 
Yeah, it's like, it's like are you a like boy or a girl? Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. I'm kind of getting tired of the Fire Emblem characters, but, I mean, they're going to continuously add they these characters. They just shoving them in your mouth. I'm sorry. What? I don't know. I just you kind of <laughs> want to throw up after they keep giving you the same thing. You want something different. Shake it up with a something, someone we don't expect. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Give us, give us, what is his name? Tom Nook in Animal Crossing. I want him. The mayor didn't deserve, mm. Yeah, they gave know. that poodle too much. They they need to do they need to introduce like a you know different character from a different series at some point because I mean I think Xenoblade should probably have another representative. I mean there's just there's so many that probably deserved another representative before Fire Emblem. So I don't know. I vote SpongeBob. Oh, I want to see the monster. Oh Hunter. God. <laughs> that would I would actually really like, like, like that. A sword I feel character, like... just like generic monster hunter, different skins, you know, different different armor. Or the cat, the cat little cat right oh, the cat could be in this like sidekick oh. too it kind of be like um oh i know what you mean yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah. now yeah i thought that would be cute yeah that'd be pretty cute um i wanted travis touchdown in there because i feel like he'd fit really well and no more heroes 3 is coming out this year so i figured that would probably be a good character to add um but i mean fire emblem again i think they should add i don't know sam Shad who? Death Stranding, Sam. Oh, God. They should just add the BB. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll be yes. one character. They should add the BB in the little pot or whatever. And then, like, he smashes out. And that's and how then, he like, enters the battlefield. And he just starts crawling or out. Or like, final smash. Just, like, him hoping... just building up a stack of, like, cargo and just, like, smacking it down. <laughs> and then have, have Norman Reedus as an actual character so that it looks like the BB and him are play fighting again. They need to. That'd be great. They need to add the Majora's Mask Moon as a playable character. Oh gosh, no! Just shrink him. Just <gasps> shrink him. He can fit. His final smash can just be destroying the stage, and the <laughs> game's over. It works. You can do it. Um, and that that kind of goes back to when I wanted the Death Star to be a flyable um, ship in uh, Battlefront, but that never happened either. You just shrink it. Um, <laughs> has the maneuverability of a TIE fighter. All right, so uh, there is another Nintendo-related uh, news topic as well. Um, Bioshock Collection is rumored to be heading to the Switch, and I grabbed this report from Polygon, which they grabbed it from uh, GameRating.org, which is a, a Taiwan website. Um, and according to the uh, ratings leak on that website, uh, 2K's Bioshock could be coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, it lists Switch along with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, I feel like this actually has a really good chance it ha- of happening, but there really wasn't any other information besides that, but something to keep an eye on. Um, I mean, any forward. game that comes to the Switch, I think it's it's great, you know, handheld capability to play them. Yeah, and I've actually never played the Bioshock series, but I always hear people talk really highly Apparently about it. Apparently it's really great. My little brother did. He he loved it. So I I definitely think it would be worth playing. For a fact, I, that might be something I'd do for our channel. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'd probably play it on the toilet because it would be. Oh on the gosh, <laughs> I play everything on the toilet. <laughs> that's the only where. That's the only place I play games. It's so hard getting the PlayStation in there. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you're not trying. Just <laughs> have a TV mounted on the wall. <laughs> the toilet station. I always thought they should make a gaming toilet. We need to make a video, uh, a podcast episode about 
the gaming toilet that I had an idea for. I just got a bunch oh, of mirrors no. and just like all the way to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any latency? <laughs> There's no latency. <laughs> it's, it's the best. The mirrors lag. <laughs> everything's reversed well it's, i guess technically if you add enough mirrors wouldn't it reverse it back to, to being <laughs> now you're again? taking those portals <laughs> it's like hey this oh well actually it's working just fine now i give you the portal gun wow that is like awful um <laughs> there's no latency so can't complain right <laughs> it's like this somehow works it just <laughs> it's all throughout works. your house up the stairs. It's I like, used to the, think that's what the, uh, you know, the app that you can stream your gameplay to, like your phone. I was like, why else would you need that besides going to like the toilet? Oh, yeah. I didn't understand that, to be honest with you. I used to play like hours worth of Mario Kart on the toilet. Like I'd be <laughs> done doing my business and I would just be in there playing Mario Kart. Smelling <laughs> his like, feces piece. Oh, God. Well, I'd flush the toilet, but. <laughs> All right. So this, this podcast has turned into <laughs> toilet humor. Um, we're going to continue on. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, toilet pinions. So we're going to head on over to Xbox. <laughs> and yeah, we're talking about uh, feces PCs. You might as well talk about the Xbox. I'm just kidding. Oh my uh, God, don't you dare. I'm just kidding. Um, so this is kind of like a weird story. And in a way, like I think it's good, but I also think it is somewhat bad. So Apparently for the Xbox Series X, there's not going to be any true exclusives for the first two years. So before you freak out, hold on. Uh, game Xbox Game Studios <laughs> chief Matt Booty, which I hope that's how you pronounce his name because that is fantastic. Uh, Matt Booty said in this uh, in an interview uh, with Mickvuck.com. <laughs> Even that sounds pretty. I'm pretty sure it's not how that's pronounced. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be myself. I already did. I wore my diaper today, though. <laughs> uh, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, uh, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down the family of devices. Booty explains. We want to make sure, this is very immature. We want to make sure that if somebody invests in Xbox between now and the Series X, that they feel like they've made a good investment. And that's what we're committed to, or sorry, and that we're committed to them with content. Um, our approach is to pick one or two IP that we're going to focus on and make sure that they're at the launch of the console, uh, taking advantage of all of the features and for us that's going to be halo infinite which is a big opportunity it's been the it's the first time in over 15 years that we'll have a halo title launching in sync with a new console and that team is definitely going uh is definitely going to be doing things to take advantage of the series x so there's one of there's i guess a couple different ways to look at this uh the first thing that jumps out is this is extremely consumer friendly um, just because, I mean, this isn't uncommon, but in a way it is because you're basically saying all of the biggest exclusives on your brand new console are also going to be cross gen with your previous console as well. And it's good in a sense because it's, you know, not forcing people to upgrade, but at the same time, it's like, it's kind of time to move on from the Xbox one. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of split on that it's disgusting for i feel like for fans of xbox because 
I mean, we want to be there for all of the little goodies that gives us. But at this point, if you're telling us we're not going to have exclusives, what's stopping me from plugging in an Xbox controller to my PC and playing the games that's coming out cross-platform? Well, well, this is the argument that I'm going to make, though, is that you're, you can still get the Xbox you know, One X or... So I'm sorry, the, X, yeah, the Xbox One X or you can get the Xbox Series X and they're going to, like I said, they're going to have, you know, the exclusives are going to be cross-gen. So they're still going to be on Xbox. But you basically are going to be given the option. So if you want to upgrade, you want the better visuals, you want the, you know, all the bells and whistles, you get the Xbox Series X. Basically, you're just telling me it's reverse compatible to all the prior games. Well, no, because the, it's going to be a more like upgraded a more well of course the system's going to be able to handle it probably a whole lot better than what the previous gen did but yeah like i feel like if you're going to buy the xbox anyway or if you're not going to buy the xbox anyway it doesn't really impact you because if you have an xbox one you know you know what i mean it's, it's kind of weird kind of is, it's somewhat disappointing knowing that this is a gaming console and you're telling me you decided to put your money in just your console and in the hopes that Halo is going to be some sort of bomb drop, how about funding some some studios to be able to make games to put onto the Xbox exclusively? You know, like I just I kind of I'm kind of triggered and a little salty because it, it's a gaming console. I mean, it's for games, and if you're telling us you have no new games to provide well, that I can't get elsewhere, okay, I see. What you you mean. see what I'm saying? Like it. I, I guess, can just look at my other options then, especially yeah. when it comes to the money. That money that you make is is something that you want to make sure you're putting in that you're going to get something out of. Yeah. And if you're telling me that all the people who already are Xbox fans or already have an Xbox and it's the prior console, I can guarantee you they probably have the other ones as well. And to be honest with you, we play the most, the newest console most of the time. We and do. If there's no new games for the next console besides Halo, which you can also get then, on the Xbox One, apparently yeah, according it, to this, if, it's a, if they're going to be able to get it on the Xbox, you know, the one currently Xbox One, then what's what's the point of upgrading besides to have maybe a better system or configuration? You know, is yeah. it going to be their streaming features that they're going to try to sell on? Is it going to be this new way of recording gameplay and footage? Is there something they're not telling us that is going to contribute more to social media sharing? And to me, I think that there's something going on with that because that's going that's really popular right now and it's never going to go away. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, it, it's kind of disappointing it's become that rather than strictly, you know, try to fund some games to come out just for them you know i just i don't know i miss the whole days in the war <laughs> the war days the console war days john what do you think about that uh, i mean think it's a good move or a bad move i mean i was just thinking the whole situation i mean it's really hard to compare it to this one but the new 3ds um which wasn't really i wouldn't say it's not in the same position at all just because they kind of had this thing as a new console um yeah Mm-hmm. Kind of like DSi in a way, almost. DSi, I feel like, yeah, kind of like DSi. So I guess Nintendo's also kind of known to do this, um, but they don't really pitch it much as something entirely new, just something that's better than their current one. So yeah, I don't know. Um, 
New 2DS did get some exclusives, but, you know, after all that, you know, people complain, it's like, oh, where, when's the New 2DS gonna get the exclusives? And had, like, well, like, two full releases, and then a couple of digital downloads, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was also kind of a different situation, too, because it wasn't necessarily, you know, entering, like, a next gen. It was just kind of like a, you know, here's an update to it. It's a revision. Give well, you that's kind of what like this is too. You know how we have the Xbox One X versus the S or something like that. Yeah, the, the one X that's and then the original. You know, the different versions that's coming out. You know, maybe if they pitched it like that, I don't, I don't really. But this know. is their next generation console, though. It's supposed to, but it's like I don't know. Like the the Xbox One X is still very powerful. So it's like. You know, it was, mm-hmm. came out a couple years ago, and it's like, I don't think they're ready to abandon it just yet. Is it worth just to upgrade? Like, there has to be more baiting us to get this brand new thing. You know, I just feel like there's there's something else that they need to do to push us to want to get the next console at this point. Well, that's the thing. It's like, like I said, it's, it's consumer-friendly in a sense that you're not forcing your fan base to upgrade. But then at the same time, you're kind of, you know, handcuffing yourself because your new system is losing the incentive for people to buy it. Imagine all the parents going in the store and being like, what's the difference? What can my kid play that they can't play right now? And then well, they'll be exactly like, the same. Um, actually, no, ma'am, they're the same. Oh, well, we're going to get the cheaper model. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah, it's, it does seem a bit weird. Like, to me, I feel like I would have just made Halo, the new Halo uh, Infinite, just a Xbox, you know, They should have just had like this intermediate console that's like maybe just like instead of making a new gen because we're not ready for that quite yet here's a halo xbox console and just had it completely customized if halo is literally what they're just basing this new system off which honestly it sounds like that's what they're doing if you put all your money in halo just come out with a new halo box or xbox that's based off the halo editions i don't care people would buy that and you don't have to call it a new gen console I don't understand why they feel like that's necessary when that's not what it really is. Now, it also is important that they said this was just for the first one to two years. So after that, then the Xbox One is going to be phased yeah, out. Yeah, after the um, first one or two years, hopefully you don't convert over to PlayStation and the VR well, systems, the thing. right? It's like you would think that's like they're, they're the first two, two to three years, you know, first one to three years. That's where all the major growth comes in, right? I mean, that's where you get the bulk of your sales. So you're kind of setting yourself on the wrong foot, even though you're still, like, I still appreciate the gesture, but it's like, you know, at the same time, it's like you guys have to put your console in a position to succeed and you do that by giving it games that you can only buy on that console. So... And what's really confusing about that too is they're going to not only just lose profits in that, but... Think about the subscription you pay for online. You know, nowadays, how how relevant is it to have that online gameplay? You know, for Xbox, let's say most of your friends are playing PlayStation. You could say, well, I'm going to cancel my Xbox subscription until, I don't know, when there's more games on the Xbox that I can actually play that are exclusive. Halo being one of them, which is obviously going to be their moneymaker. Granted, that's true. But what about Game Pass? What's the point if... Uh, all the ones, you know, you've already played, especially in two years, you're probably going to tackle some of the games you wanted to play in the prior gens. And you're probably just going to start playing on a different console or maybe just find it more interesting. That's a lot of time to change your mind about the consoles you want in your home, 
uh, your kids and their decisions. How yeah. relevant is Xbox going to be? And it, it's kind of upsetting because I'm a hardcore fan. Yeah, it's like I said, I've, I just have mixed feelings on it. I think from a business standpoint, it's probably not their best decision. Um, and, you know, this and this could be, you know, one of those things where it's like we're reading it a certain way and maybe this isn't exactly what it means. Yeah, um, there might be some stuff they're not telling us, obviously, yeah. for the reveal. And maybe there's a big surprise and yeah. we don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have on that, though. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, you don't want to talk um, about we do have some... Matt Booty's IP on toilet fingers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, Matt Booty. It's smelling like booty right now, Mr. Booty. I want it to be bootyful, so work on it. That Xbox <laughs> is indeed bootyful. So, at Shade Doken on Twitter wrote, So, there's no reason to upgrade to the Xbox Series X, as Microsoft confirmed exclusives will be available on Xbox One. And he used a facepalm emoji. Um, which, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a point that we brought up, too. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Thinking emoji. Yeah, that is thinking emoji. Um, at Jez Corden, people who are concerned that Xbox Series X won't have uh, arbitrary, arbitrar- uh, I can't say it, whatever, uh, <laughs> locked exclusives were never going to buy one anyway. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Um, hello. I would buy them just to have them up my butt, but thanks. Um, seriously, though, I, d- I don't understand people like that. Like, <laughs> We can have opinions, you know, and still love our consoles, okay? <laughs> Apparently you cannot. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it's like I said. It's, I just want them to have exclusives. They should have exclusives. The exclusives. You know, like a whole Xbox line. The exclusives. I'm sorry. I'm exclusives. That's cute, in my opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake and Avengers have been delayed. It is officially game delay season um and this comes from kotaku final fantasy 7 remake which was slated to release on march 3rd is being delayed until april 10th for extra polish uh this is at emma carwadeen uh so many people are complaining about final fantasy 7 remake being held back I'm over the moon. It's been pushed back to be polished off. I've waited so long for this, and I want it to be perfect and not buggy as shit. Um, well, I mean, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of a game called uh, Duke Nukem? How was it? <laughs> forever. forever. <laughs> what? Was it? Was it forever? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was. Do you mean Dookie? Sorry, I was going back to the the potty the potty humor okay uh anyway uh at (laughs) at uh vulgar chiff 77 well i'm sad that the final fantasy 7 remake got delayed it's better to fix the game but as a make good they should release that playable demo we all know exists to the public as soon as possible which uh yeah they haven't really even said a word about that but it's like everyone knows that it exists and they're just kind of holding it back for some reason. So that would be interesting if they did end up doing that. But the delay is really not even that far off. So I think it was only like a month. I thought I had that written down, but apparently. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, we heard uh, yeah, uh, it was, that know, trailer, like, and, they were back. And it was like, oh, well, I guess not. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, remember the grinder? Uh, 
The what? Yeah, I, I think we already had a talk about that one. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we'll we'll talk about that again one day. Um, I think the tenth anniversary is coming up. <laughs> what would have been the tenth anniversary? Okay. Um, <laughs> Are we still talking about Final Fantasy? Not anymore. No. Oh, so Final Fantasy God. got delayed, and then uh, on the Avengers developers uh, website, Crystal Dynamics, uh, they wrote this to our fans at Crystal Dynamics. Our ambition has always been to deliver the ultimate Avengers game experience. In order to achieve that goal, we have made it. We've made the difficult decision to move the release date of Marvel Avengers to September 4th, 2020. Uh, As fans ourselves, it's an honor and a privilege to work on these legendary characters. And we know that these superheroes, we know what these superheroes mean to us and the true believers around the world. I don't know what that means. Uh, We, (laughs) when we set out to bring you our vision for Marvel's Avengers, we committed to delivering an original story driven campaign, engaging co-op and a compelling content for years to come to that end we will spend the additional development time focusing on fine-tuning and polishing the game to the high standards our fans expect and deserve the worldwide teams working on marvel avengers sincerely appreciate the support you've shown we thrive on your enthusiasm and feedback and we can't wait to show you more we apologize for the delay where we are confident that it will be worth the wait um, so now for, for like the final fantasy and the delays, I can understand, especially a game that has a huge fan base. I can understand them trying to take their time and polish up anything that they think is going to be a concern. And maybe it's a big issue that they didn't know is going to happen until they try to render, you know, things and, you know, like maybe one of their tests or whatnot. And they don't want to disappoint their fans. Yeah. You know, they just weren't ready, which I completely understand. I've also seen games where they delay it, and then the game comes out anyway, and it's not what you expect. And yeah. it's really disappointing. So I highly doubt that's the case with the Final Fantasy um, game, because they've all been very good. So I doubt that it's going to be bad. I think that people just need to hang on in there. So. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, I, I tend to think that delays are good. Um, just because, I mean, any extra work that goes into the game usually is beneficial. Some games probably could have used a, a you know, a remake or um, not a remake, a, uh, I'm like, oh, a retool. Scrap and um, redo the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, now we're going to uh, go ahead. Oh, wait, no, I, I missed one, one more. And this actually came out today. Um, and this was Cyberpunk 2077 was also delayed. And they wrote on... And, uh, CD Projekt Red wrote this on their website. We have important news regarding Cyberpunk 2077's release date, and we'd like to share with you today. Cyberpunk 2077 won't make the April release window, and we're moving the launch date to September 17, 2020. We are currently at a stage where the game is complete and playable, but there's still work to be done. Night City is massive, full of stories, content, and places to visit. But due to the sheer scale and complexity of it all, we need more time to finish playtesting, fixing, and polishing. We want Cyberpunk 2077 to be our crowning achievement for this generation, and postponing launch will give us the precious months we need to make the game perfect. Expect more regular updates on progress as we get closer to the new release date. We look forward to seeing you in Night City. Thank you for your ongoing support. So once again, a good move um, 
to just go ahead and delay that. And that was slated to come out in April, which is just mind-boggling to me. You know, that's really strange that um, all these games are being delayed. It makes you think if they're trying to delay them to have a better launch time so that they're not affected by especially something like Animal Crossing coming out, it's going to be what people are probably going to be hooked on if they have Switches. And I'm wondering if they're trying to arrange them in ways that they feel like they're going to be more successful in the time period they release. That also had me thinking about that. But, of course, you can only delay. You can't really release sooner. Yeah. Yeah, they just didn't want to compete with Animal Crossing. Yeah, (laughs) back off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, I guess, moving on from that, uh, Sony is skipping E3 again. Uh, A Sony Interactive Entertainment spokesperson had this to say to The Verge, after thorough evaluation, Sony... Interactive Entertainment has decided not to participate in E3 2020. We have great respect for the ESA as an organization, but we do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on this year. We will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe. Our focus is on making sure fans feel part of the PlayStation family and have access to play their favorite content. We have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to the PlayStation 4, and with the upcoming launch of the PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration with our fans. Um, Really not surprising. Um, I feel like Sony and uh, the ESA have kind of had a rocky relationship the last couple years. We'll get into more of that in a second. Um, But this is at EndoXCaudio. We are, I'm sorry, why are you skipping E3? It's honestly the one time of year I go out of my way to research games and products. I like to see the plan for up for the upcoming year <laughs> all in one place. And I truly think this is a missed marketing opportunity. Please reconsider. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems with that. I mean, what is he upset as like what consumer? What's I th- I think he's just upset that he's not going to get to, I guess, watch all the, like the press conferences like together. He can't binge it all in one go. He has to go elsewhere for his. Sources. Yeah, like it's not going to be in one centralized location. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, at <laughs> Nick Marcel, he says, uh, "Sony was the third most popular publisher at E3 2019 without even being there. They overshadowed the entire entirety." of GamesCon with a tweet about Insomniac. They were trending and gained a shit ton of traffic just Beep. showing yeah, a logo. <laughs> and people are people still question their decision to skip E3. And this is actually funny because uh, Nick Marcel, because uh, I, I was sometimes I, you know, check out people's accounts and he basically said he doesn't like podcasts. So congratulations, Nick. Hi, Nick. How <laughs> you are doing? on a podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Sony has, you know, they, they have, I think they're, you know, considered the, uh, yeah, he even said it, they were the third most popular publisher last year. Um, and even before that, I mean, Sony is a big draw. Like, you know, the PlayStation brand is huge and it being absent from E3. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm honestly surprised that, you know, the ESA didn't do everything they could to try to convince Sony to, you know, show off their PlayStation Which 5 they there. might have. We, we don't really know what they did on their end, but honestly, yeah. PlayStation probably knows it has a lot of power. I think so, At too. the same time, you know, the whole, 
yeah how it's been going yeah so sony kind of has gone in a more extreme way than what nintendo did way back i think in 2014 i think that was the first year they stopped uh going up on stage um and this was from at the video game her I avoid gaming politics, but I find it interesting that when Nintendo opted out of E3's press conferences, but still being at E3, mind you, it made people angry. Yet some people, I'm sorry, yet some of the same people are praising, not talking about those who don't care, Sony for not going all out. Weird. Which I do find kind of weird too, but I also think it is kind of different times now. I feel like E3 has kind of soured for a lot of people. I just personally i i they all have their own sufficient amount of money i mean half these things are coming out with launchers and they have their own consoles and their own platforms people go check i mean heck people go to their twitters first nowadays i mean just bloop this is what's happening yeah bloop. i mean it's so easy nowadays versus i mean back when it was like this is the source you know <laughs> i don't i don't know it's a little different nowadays it's hard to describe how I feel like our media and announcements have changed. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I just, I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like E3 is not as big a deal as it used to be. Um, Remember back in the day, you know, when a new game came out because you'd check GameStop every single time you'd go into the store and you'd go, look, look, something's new here. And now it's like, oh, what's on Steam? Yeah. Oh, what's in my digital library that says new <laughs> you know it's i don't yeah, know now yeah. it's just different if that makes sense and i feel like you know it's probably a little bit more exciting you know if sony just did an event at a random time showing off the playstation 5 then you know you knowing that oh i just tune in e3 and then it's going to show up um it's okay. but PS5 when? Do s- now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's now here we go <laughs> which is going to happen it's you know it's going to happen at a random time, maybe before or after E3 um, or around E3. Who knows? It's just like um, coming out tomorrow, coming out now. <laughs> and uh, Switch Pro, which will be revealed uh, in July, the second week of July. Calling it now. Um, but uh, in response, the uh, trade group that hosts E3, the Electronic Software Association, or ESA as we have been calling it, posted this on their website. E3 is a signature event celebrating the video game industry and showcasing the people, brands, and innovations redefining entertainment loved by billions of people around the world. E3 2020 will be an exciting, high-energy show uh, featuring new experiences, partners, uh, exhibitor spaces, uh, act, act, uh, activations, that's, I don't know what that <laughs> means, and programming that will entertain new and veteran attendees alike. Exhibitor interest with our new activations is gaining the attention of brands that view E3 as a key opportunity to connect with the video game fans worldwide. I I don't even know what activations means. I am so confused at this very Um, moment. I think people are kind of missing the key point of E3. Um, I mean, I guess that's real. It's always been like game thing, but what it actually is, it's just a trade show. I mean, I don't know if you guys know what trade shows are, ever been to trade show. You know, a lot of networking, you kind of show off your stuff. Go ahead. No, describe describe, yeah. describe it to them. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a trade show. Describe it's it. It's mostly for the people who go there in person. Um, the people who are 
kind of getting bummed out that the big guys aren't going. Don't really know what the whole thing's really about. It's you got to be there in person, really. I mean, or at least be associated somehow, have connections there. Um, yeah, I don't know because I see all these people complaining, complaining, but it's like. Sony, Nintendo, they're just reforming how they give the news. Nothing's really changed much besides just the presentation. And people kind of miss out the presentation just because it's kind of silly, a little bit wonky. People just like wait every year because they have to see the silly things, all the memes that get posted. And maybe just a few announcements. Yeah. But I mean, the mouth is good, really the same way, just kind of more spread okay. out this time. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, yeah. I'm sorry. I've gone to E3 three years. Weird. It's pretty cool to see in person. I really like it actually for all the indie devs. It's really good for all the indie developers. You know, they can go to each other's booths. They can show off to press. Maybe just to, like uh, other yeah, that's something I, I don't really hear a lot about, John. Go ahead and talk about this. Yeah, indie, so indie yeah, indie developers been being there. E3 a few times. Um, I really like the indie booth sections. I mean, one, last line. Two, I think they have more interesting content than most of these, you know, the big name devs with all their yearly shooting games, yearly uh, maybe RPGs, but actually that's not as yearly. Yeah, but, um, they could shed some light on some of the smaller. <laughs> what was that one I saw one of the years of? Uh, butt sniffing dogs or something? I don't know. That's some really obscure weird <laughs> game. What? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of weird concepts. You see, there's a whole indie different part of the floor in these section where they show off all their weird yeah concepts it's it's really cool to be there you know they, a lot of them you know they don't take off fully just because they're so obscure that a lot of people won't buy into them but you know concepts get traded around people maybe get picked up by developers you know kind of just networking around that's the cool cool part of it being a trade show on the floor so yeah that's awesome um so are the indie because i'm, I'm kind of curious I don't know if there's like a, a difference, but are the indie developers on like a different portion of the floor or are they on like a separate area? Uh, I mean, it depends like, you know, quote, unquote, how indie, like, you know, how big they really are, how much floor space, because, you know, ESA charges a lot more for bigger floor space and that's why the big name developers oh, yeah. are. Yeah, they charge a crap. And that's why they're dropping out. Yeah. Uh, but the floor size, um, it varies. It, I mean, if you ever gone to a convention... You know, the floor, like the actual booths vary. And, you know. Well, d- yeah. describe it, John. Is this something I, like um, for the indie okay, booths? So walk E3, up, can you, like test play? Um, there's two halls. One contains, like, the big names, uh, and then maybe, like, smaller names. Like, so the big names, like, being uh, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, or at least, when, you know, when they were there. Uh, Capcom, maybe in the same hall, or maybe the other hall, depending on how much space they had. Uh, who else? Uh, that's a have a, yeah, but that's a had a sizable one. Um, okay. You know, some of the bigger ones. And then you had the smaller ones. Um, Nintendo. <laughs> let's see. Uh, <laughs> you say it's a smaller, like, smaller, like, studio, like, let's say, like, Capcom. Like, a, oh, gosh. A smaller studio? Yeah, but not really. In- uh, do you mean, like, indie? Nah. Or? Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think. Remember, it's been a while since I've been E3. Um, I don't quite remember, but, but yeah, basically, the smaller, less known. Yeah, just um, yeah. Not maybe not necessarily less known. Yeah, I guess just like smaller than the big three, I guess. But um, I 
think the big three were in a maybe s- like Rocket League almost. Sonic's. I don't think Sonic's had a boo, or maybe they did. Not the year. Because I mean, I mean they don't really or have at least new games. rising, rising yeah, ones. At, at the very least, ones um, in this section, but... like all those really, really small, small ones are all like crowded in one little spot. And then you got the okay. ones that like merchandise and like uh, accessories. Those are cool too. So you get to go actually try out all the little purple, all the little accessories they sell. Um, I had so That's I had someone cool. who, um, or. Two people uh, from a studio come up to me and my friend who are there. Um, they're showing off their Spider-Man was like the that runner, uh, some runner game. Like what is it, like the the endless runner, like Temple, Temple Run, something like that. But it was Spider-Man, and then they had us play. They asked if we they could record us while we played, and then like share our opinion. So that part's really cool. Really show up because every now and then you bump some cool. people do that, and then you get to just like run into like some. Uh, almost every status um, gaming industry people. So um, I ran into Reggie. That would be awesome if that was. Uh, and Bill. Well, they were leaving. Which is cool. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I saw several YouTubers. Like, hope- um, Smooth McGroove. I saw him too. Uh, oh, Smooth McGroove. Yeah, I saw him. Oh, yeah. I didn't go up to him. I just saw him like, oh, Smooth McGroove's here. With- you should have walked up to him and been like, <laughs> Yeah, we were. Uh, this was at. Um, we were showing off what Fallout for. Yeah, and this was at the uh, Bethesda booth, so I saw him there. Um, oh okay. Oh man, was that see. long ago that you went? Uh, who else? I recognize some other YouTubers. I think Kanye West was there for some reason. It was probably for like that uh, dance. It was. Game yeah, that's forever. He had a bag. I saw he had a bag. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Um, yeah, it was probably man, for that just dance um, or whatever. I saw Shiggy. Ooh, Shiggy Miramoto. Um, I saw Ayanuma. Because I was hanging out at the Nintendo booth a lot. Um, I probably would have done the same. What else did I see? So, I mean, yeah. So, Adrian, I want to smell the air. <laughs> yeah, I smell the air. <laughs> uh, it smells like uh, nerd sweat. Probably see that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Adrian, just in general, it's just, you, you just got to be there. Anyone who's, like, never been complaining about them dropping out is not really missing anything. I mean, you're missing it only if you go. But Adrian now is just kind of dying yeah. out just because they're charging. Um, you know, the, the boost so much for boost base. Uh, they opened up to public a few years ago. Uh, they're about $200 public passes, but I think that's what's kind of killing it off to now they're having just so many random people just, you know, I mean, they want to try out, you know, there's people who don't have press passes. Maybe they want to be like an avid, um, uh, pursuing like a website they want to put news on. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be worse this year because they actually bumped up the amount of public passes that they're going to distribute yeah. out, or that they're going to sell to 25,000. That's crazy. I mean, which I, don't, I think I, it was 12 before. It is a big, I kind of hope it becomes more center, indie, but... like rather than the big names, people just like having all their news. I feel like combined 
and then presented to everybody like here's your binge for the next year you know like what's coming here's your here's your quick binge for you but I mean that's great and all it's just that I kind of like what you're talking what you're telling me about like how there's the smaller ones that are on the rise and I would rather have someone binge me that like what's new that I haven't heard about coming to me rather than the big names I can find literally on my feed every single page I mean it's just everywhere I'd rather like to know some some brand new ones maybe I wasn't focused on, you know? I, I mm-hmm. kind of want to see E3 go in that direction, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, like, personally, it's kind of like a dream of mine to go and cover E3. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I want it to, you know, survive and I want it to thrive. But, um, you know, I just have seen some troubling things, um, you know, some trends. And it's, it's weird because if you look at E3's attendance, it's, the totals are so different per year. Because they go through like cycles where, you know, they open up to the public, they close it off, they go to a smaller, you know, venue. I think that was at one um, time. It's, I don't know. It's Santa just, Monica, I believe. Yeah, and it was like really small, so yeah, it's like, oh, that was their lowest like attendance. But like yeah, so it's hard to really gauge. It seems like whenever they have a down year, the next year is the highest because, you know, last year, um, not last year, but in 2018. Um, you know, they had, uh, their highest total and then it went down the year, the next year, which, you know, chances are it probably will, but, you know, looking back at like their, their attendance history, whenever it, you know, had a couple years of growth, it either went down for one reason or another. So I think this situation is a little bit different. Um, but, um, I will say that Phil Spencer, the, you know, basically the head of Xbox, um, he said that our team is hard at work on E3, and we look forward to sharing with all of you who love to play what's ahead for us. Our art form has consistently been propelled by the cross-section of creativity and technical progress. 2020 is a milestone year in that journey for Xbox, or sorry, for Team Xbox. Um, so they're working hard on their E3, but it, it kind of almost makes me wonder if you know the other two really aren't going to be you know, instrumental in E3, it's like, there's not really a ton of pressure for them. So it's, I don't know, it, it kind of low, you know, lessens, I guess the, the show when there's not like a whole bunch of competition, I guess there in terms of like their presentations, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird, but, um, I did write down some things that you know, it was kind of happening with E3 and just some of the situations like heading, you know, going back to like our attendance that we were talking about. And, you know, we got a comment on one of our videos and I'll go ahead and read it. Well, I'm not going to read the name or anything. Um, he said, he quoted me from what I said. And I think our Xbox one X episode, I believe. So he says, um, or I guess I says, I said, E3 is not as big as it used to be. And he, he go in quotes. Um, he says, how big is it? How big was it? There are dozens of other tech shows throughout the year. Do you also randomly say those shows are less than what they used to be? Or do you only repeat propaganda you saw on Twitter and social media? Now, I just want to just want to say that I'm not an expert on these things. Um, I don't think any of us are claiming. No, to be we are not experts. And we I I don't even look at Twitter enough for propaganda. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And it's like, when I make a blanket statement, 
like I'll usually lead with saying like, now this might be a little bit of a blanket statement or something like that. The thing is though, is that this really isn't a blanket statement because there's enough things that have occurred, enough things that happen. And just because that the attendance literally was smaller than last year, you have people that attended and saying that, you know, the theaters were half empty. It's like E3 was like, you know, empty there. They had to, you know, give out additional passes and stuff just to make it look more populated. So the attendance was down. It was down by 3000, which in the grand scheme of things, when you're going from 69,000 to 66,000, you know, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but that's still a pretty big dip, especially when you're in the same venue. So, and you know, all of this occurred, you know, prior to some other issues that came out later on in the year. And basically, you know, what happened here was there was some kind of, I guess, issue with the E3 website where they basically unintentionally doxed like thousands of journalists. It was over 2000 attending journalists with contact information, which I think was like phone numbers, uh, think some like home addresses, which is not good. So a lot of like personal information that the E3 website accidentally leaked and luckily it was caught, but you know, that could also, you know, have some issues in terms of people wanting to attend this year. Um, so it's something to keep in mind. Like the attendance was already down and now, you know, you're looking at a situation where people had their information somewhat compromised last year and you know, what is going to happen this year when they decide if they're going to, you know, sign up or not. So something to, something to think about. I mean, there's a chance that this isn't going to matter. I mean, we've seen information be compromised before. Um, I don't know if to this extent, but you know, you can think about target when they had like, you know, the huge like security breach and then you had to change your credit card because you know, your information got taken, but I don't think it really, you know, took like addresses or anything or like even once, you know, PlayStation network was down for like <laughs> however <laughs> long that was, I mean, people still came back and they still did it, you know, they still used it. So it didn't really make a big impact. But I just wonder if this is going to be different, especially because how expensive it is to go and expensive to book hotels and all that. And then you have your information, you know, leaked on top of that. It's not even just about a breach, to be honest with you. It's the fact that that was just your opinion on E3 and how you generally feel about it. I mean, we're here on Game Opinions to give you what we think of of matters in our own opinions. And, And also, and anyone who else has an opinion, like on... Twitter, which is probably why he thinks we're looking up propaganda, which I thought that was a term we just used for war, but okay, I guess we declare war. Um, No, but if people have opinions on Twitter, we definitely want to hear about them. And I try to ask him his opinion on E3 too, just so that we can, you know, inform people what you think, but he never responded sadly. Well, and I I do like getting the feedback. Oh, I love it. Like, I'm glad somebody's interacting. Yeah. I feel like he wasn't probably like super happy with it, but- I'm I'm happy that we're getting, you know, some questions and, you know, some things like. that kind of help, you know, guide the show along. So in a way, he actually kind of helped because I was like, hey, we could do an E3 episode and everything just kind of aligned. But other reasons why, you know, E3 is probably, you know, going to be struggling too is because, you know, three three major companies and there's been other companies too, but the ones that I'm focusing on, E3, I'm sorry, the 
the companies that are kind of skipping E3 in some degree, not really fully, but EA has kind of gone away from doing like a big presentation, Nintendo, like we mentioned before, and Sony. And I feel like Sony not being there is going to really hurt the attendance again. And I feel like it's fair to say that part of the reason why the attendance was down last year is because Sony wasn't there. And I feel like Sony is probably permanently done. Like there's not even a Sony presence there. I feel like they're probably permanently done. And I feel like they have a souring relationship with the ESA. Uh, Jason Shriver, who is um, a writer over at Kotaku, and I'm not a big fan of Kotaku just because it's not really my favorite website to go look up stuff. But Jason Shriver is considered one of the the best journalists journalist in the industry. He's written, you know, I think a couple different books about video games and all that. He's an expert. Um, he said one juicy tidbit I heard last year was that Sony's main reason for skipping E3 was a disagreement slash tension slash conflict with the ESA, which is likely the driving factor here as well. And if that is true, missing Sony, like in terms of, you know, just getting people exciting or excited for like the event and excited for the press conferences, missing Sony forever now, I think that's going to definitely pay, you know, pay some really, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot because I feel like if once Nintendo, once EA, once these big companies realize that the other big companies are dropping out too. And it's not really a big reason to attend anymore or spend any additional money or funds to go out on the, the, you know, the floor. It's like, you know, we can go and hold our own events. Nintendo's actually used their E3 games or, you know, that they showed off at the E3 directs. They've actually gone to Best Buy and did their own thing. Now you see, in my opinion, I actually like never really cared too much about E3 and yeah. the fact that Sony and PlayStation, whatever, they're not attending, doesn't really impact me at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. I used to just watch them for primarily whatever game, because by the time E3 comes around, I've already heard about all the big titles, what they're probably going to offer, or even a small glimpse into it. And then E3 basically just buffs that up and polish it and gives it to you on a plate. I'd just wait for the game I was looking for and go, oh, thanks, bye. I would actually care, I think, more about it if it was indie games and i think i would actually tune in and watch it more in my opinion if it was more for the smaller games i don't know much about yeah i think i would actually watch it strangely <laughs> so. well i mean that honestly might be what it turns out to be because i feel like a lot of people think that e3 is just going to die it's just going to be gone i don't think it will die but i think if it is going to die i think it's going to be a slow gradual painful death i don't think it's going to be quick <laughs> i don't i know a lot of people think it will be but i don't think it will and I feel like at some point in time, maybe that will end up being more of an indie I think it could showcase. blossom better if it actually showcased new games we haven't heard about. I yeah. think that would honestly give a lot of support to new games coming out, more developers, more insight into where we're going with, I don't know, new releases, not just our standard big titles. And I would be super excited for that. But I will say, though, in order for that to happen, the ESA is definitely going to have to adjust you know, the way they do things because it's just too expensive right now. I mean, it's like, even for these big companies, it's like, we're shelling out all this money. Is it really beneficial for us to be here right now? Well, of course there's going to be a little bit more adjusting yeah. and maybe, you know, a new idea behind E3, but I think it could work. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I'd be more happy to watch it if it was actually going to take a turn in direction. I'd think I'd be more excited. Yeah. 
Yeah, John, I mean, you've been very quiet. Do you have anything to say on he's it? He's sleeping. He fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what were you guys talking about? <laughs> uh, USA isn't really that clean of a company. I mean, they're you know, it's a it's a trade company. They're advocates for the gaming industry, but uh, they haven't really been clean about lots of things. Most recently, I remember reading about them not considering loot boxes to be considered gambling. Um, also been Ooh. proponents of sofas like uh, that uh, stop piracy legislation, which wasn't really like the best written legislation. I think they ended up dropping out of that one, support wise. Um, yeah, I mean that's not good. <laughs> I didn't know. Do you that. have any hope that they could re, I guess, revamp what they are? Yeah, kind of like pull like a Grinch and like grow a bigger heart. <laughs> Blame the one guy who who did this and. Blame it on one person and fire them, and then yeah. Can you like else. scapegoat somebody? And... Yeah. Can you can you do what Microsoft did to that one guy, and he's just like go buy a 360 or whatever that guy's oh, name was. Oh, uh, <laughs> what was that guy's name? <laughs> he did this. He did all of it. I think it was like a <laughs> poor guy was just trying to be honest with you that what the expectations for the new console would be. And I can't remember what that guy's name. Dude was. got blasted. Yeah, he, he he's working for Candy Crush now, <laughs> which isn't that bad. He has a different yeah. audience for sure, but <laughs> I'm sure he's doing just fine. <laughs> I'm sure he is too. I am. What do you think, John? Do you think they have a chance to revamp their stuff maybe or take a turn in direction? Or do you think they're going to ride out this until it burns into bigger the titles per se? I don't know. Why they think it's not yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, tell us what you guys think. And I'm still waiting for a response as to what he thinks about E3. Because I honestly was super excited. He's never going to watch us again. I was super excited to like, comment. And then I'm reading it. I'm like, I'm ready for his argument. I'm ready to see what his opinion is so we can talk about it. And then there was I know, never it's an like opinion. We finally have somebody to talk to that's not each other. And then... But you know what? I was actually really surprised because I, I went back and listened to that episode. That was really far into the episode. He got to that point. He's like, I had enough. <laughs> and then he, he'll he never Look see us propaganda. ever again. I was so excited because I was reading the comment like, where's the opinion? I'm ready to talk about someone else's opinion besides just ours. I was just surprised because the amount of stupid things that I say throughout our podcast episodes. It's and like, they get That's caught up the for one. That. that was like my smartest point. <laughs> Like everything we say is opinions and maybe some sprinkle on facts that we've discovered and, and we're Game telling facts. you guys it's general knowledge. Like you know, general knowledge. Like I'll be honest, like I start talking at the beginning of these podcasts and I just hope that I find my way. At, by the end. I mean, that's like me saying Xbox. I mean, that one day, remember when I was at lunch and I said FedEx and I, I was eating lunch, I was distracted and I said FedEx is really going downhill. I mean, are you going to start like calling me out? Like, where's your facts? Where's your proof of FedEx? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Kim? Like, I, I they're just, they're I, I just making know. a delivery. Why are they going downhill? I literally said the wrong thing when I was eating food. It was it was pretty funny. But I was I was so excited for like a counter opinion, but there wasn't even an opinion and I was kind of sad because I was like, well, we were close. Now we still have to go to Twitter for other opinions. I know. But so. I love I love the people on Twitter. They always yeah. give us some really cool well, I, mean, guys. Guys. I need to grab some Yeah go, go back to that one guy's comment. I mean uh, I mean it's I think I want like a little bit more explanation as to what he really meant by that comment. I mean 
because yeah, we perceive it differently. Yeah, he could be making like sense in its own regard, but it's it's going back to like I said before about matter of uh, perspective about you know attending E three. So you know someone who's in the mm-hmm. industry, yeah. someone who's in the press, and then someone who's just a consumer. It's all a different perspective about what's going on with E three about everyone dropping out. Yeah, so. We all have different. Yeah, like views and opinions about it. So yeah. definitely. And that's why I was like, well, where's your opinion about it? And I, it, he never left one, and I was kind of sad. I think we, I think he'll never watch us again, but we blew our chance. If we had an opportunity, and we blew our chance. And If you're coming to us for news and you got this far, I'm sorry, but we're not, we're not quite those kind of people. Like, we'll tell yeah, you Yeah, we're not the news. Like, I like talking about it sometimes, but... By the time you hear it from us, you probably should have known it like three months ago. If you're hearing brand new news from us, something went seriously wrong. <laughs> we're trying to, we're trying to just it's like, talk what? about it. <laughs> Pokemon Direct? Thank God for Game Pants. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many like things that you'd have to like go through. There's so many walls you'd have to break through in order to, so many cracks to fall through in order to get to us as your number one news source. Most people just check their twitters and stuff and their main pages and discover what's coming out and then when i really hope no one gets the news from us i get my news from the trending twitter topics was which is very dangerous honestly oh no i check a couple places i don't like one person telling me something yeah i'm scared (laughs) i don't want to be controlled by my mind i don't know what i'm trying to say either i'm just trying to expand here (laughs) (laughs) okay donkey Kong. i don't like seeing someone going ah, the new game sucks. And then I'm like, I don't want that to skew my opinion because I still, I like to have hope. So then I go check a couple other things until I'm like, I'm just going to try it myself. And then I try to make my opinion from that. I hate when you go onto the NFL Facebook page and then somebody spoils like the entire Force Awakens movie. (laughs) Okay. That's like the first comment. Where are we now? (laughs) I don't know. But you know what? I think we drifted into space. I think we have. That was the point of this podcast. I so mean, basically, okay. no, the point of this podcast is that E3 has let us down and it keeps on tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling please, down. Please Are you allowed to play that music? Oh, I'm playing it. If this gets copyrighted, we were successful. <laughs> It's, it's probably, it's it. honestly, it's probably already planned. It's I can't get copyrighted right if I We're not start even playing it. Like, do a cover and then we'll all just sing it. I think it's under fair use. There you go. Yeah, we'll just edit it in later. Us all singing it. Uh, no. I know. I'll just I'll change deep the after it so we could say it's a remix. There you go. Yeah, I'll just change there, the pitch. Yeah. That yeah. works. It's a, it's a remix. All right, guys. Well, I think that we, uh, we did good today. It's like super late. It's already midnight. This is a nice late night podcast. Next time we'll uh, we'll all whisper. Yeah, we'll give something to listen to. Yeah, we'll let the the viewers be nice and calm. And I'm not even sure if this will be picked up in editing, but it probably won't. Well, well guys, um, this has been Game Pinions episode 36, the end of E3 Angel. Who wants to hear a podcast of all of us whispering? It's going to happen next episode. So, until <laughs> next time, keep on keeping on. <laughs> All right, guys, see you later. <laughs>